you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. I tell you what, church, our God is good. Our God is good. Does anyone here know that our God is good? Amen. He is amazing. He's worthy of our smiles on our faces. He's worthy of our worship and our praise. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, I seem to ask this question a lot, but I'm, I'm always curious because I want to see your faces. But is anyone, has anyone is excited to come into church today? Amen. I was just like, oh man, Sunday's here. There goes half of my weekend. I'm telling you, I started getting a tingling, fuzzy feeling in my stomach come Saturday evening. And I can't wait to go study and see what the Lord, why? Because I, I got this, such a, a desire and an expectation for what the Lord's going to do in our services. I mean, I'm like a, like a wee kitty. I mean, that gets a giddy with the expectations of knowing everything that our God can do. Because our God is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's like Wednesday it was that Wednesday evening. You know, we came in here for a prayer meeting and it's like the Spirit of God just came in and rested in this house. And just a handful of us praying, seeking out the things of God and He just came in and rested here. And after we would have missed the meeting, we would have missed the, the Wednesday night service if people didn't start coming in because there was just a presence, that, just a stillness that came in. And sat in, but it was glorious. It was beautiful. We got to worship him for a little bit. And then he started speaking into people's lives. Why? Because that's how good he is. And then we just continued to worship the night through. <laughs> Amen. We continued to worship the night through. How many of you know our God, he desires to speak prophetically in our lives? Hmm? He desires to speak into our lives, if, we, if we'll permit Him, if we'll allow Him, if we'll get hooked up with Him, if we'll have an expectation for Him to do these things, listen, church, I promise you, He'll show up. See, this is why we've been teaching on these things and, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where, where it says here in verse 1, it says, He says, now concerning the spiritual gifts, now concerning the, the nematocost, the spiritual, He goes, my brethren, I want you to be ignorant. For you know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. Church, our Lord doesn't want us to be ignorant of the way He desires to do things. He didn't want us to be ignorant of the spiritual things. He didn't want you to be ignorant of Holy Spirit, of His promises that He has for us. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because obviously the church is ignorant. This is, this is why the Holy Spirit began to speak this through, through uh, the church at Corinth, where they flowed in the gifts more than any church I, I've ever seen or read about. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of these things. See, church, we, we serve a God that not only desires to protect you, a God that loves you, a God that wants to keep you, a God that wants to commune with you. We serve a God that wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He says, because you know that we were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols. You used to serve things that couldn't speak. You served money. You served jobs. You served people. You served, you served everything that, that couldn't speak unto you. But now you're serving a God. He wants to speak. Why? Because he's alive. He has a voice. 
He wants to teach you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to get to know him. If we'll, if we'll just allow him to do it. This is why we teach on the gifts of the Spirit, church. You say, why is that? For when the gifts begin to flow, when Holy Spirit begins to move, we begin to key in. Amen. What do you mean by that? We begin to stand to attention, come to attention when the Spirit of God, when you recognize, when you smell that aroma, you, you sense His presence, you, you hear Him starting to speak a word, you, you immediately come to attention. Why? Because you recognize it. You recognize it by the word and you, and you get keyed in. Cause why? Because you don't want to miss anything. See, this is when in church you, you got to learn to block out Ryan or Kimberly or Renee or, or whoever it may be that's speaking different words. You need to learn to block those things out. Block out my voice and learn to hear Jesus speaking through. Jesus, you know, speaking to us as, as a people. Why? Because this is what he desires to do. Because listen, you say, why, you know, why, why, why is this so important? Because church, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He holds everything in the palms of his hand. Listen, he deserves a little bit of a respect, a little bit of an honor when he, when he desires to start speaking to us. And, and listen, church, because we give our hearts, if we give our our souls, our minds, over to distraction. You're going to find this is when you miss that correction you may need in your life. You may miss that snare that the Holy Spirit's trying to, trying to unveil to you that's coming up, and you may step right in it. Or it may be just something as simple as you've been asking him something in a prayer life, and he desires this is how I'm going to reveal it to you. Because he wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to see other people get encouraged so their faith gets built up. So they know that God will actually unveil things to us. But we need to key in. we got to treat these things with, with respect. Now listen, church, as I, as, I talk, as I talk about these things, as I talk about honoring and, and desiring you know, these, these gifts to be in operation. This doesn't mean that when prophetic words aren't released in a service, that it's a dead service, that nothing's going on, all that. That, 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 that service was rubbish, man. There wasn't any tongues and interpretations of tongues or prophetic words or words of wisdom, words of knowledge or prophecy coming forth. Man, that wasn't a, a very good service at all. It must have been a dead meeting, and that's not necessarily the case. See, this can be a real problem with charismatics and, and Pentecostals and the prophetic crowd is, is we have such a desire for the spirit to move that sometimes you get that place. Oh, if it's not moving the way we expect it or we want him to move oh, that wasn't a good service. And that's, that's dangerous church. Like right, what we know here in verse, in verse 11 says, cause the spirit, uh, but these worketh that these gifts of the spirit worketh one in the self same spirit, dividing to severally dividing to each person as he chooses. He operates how he wants to do it, how he wants to move. Now, yes, we, the, the, as, we, as, we, as we read this we, in, in two portions of Scripture there in, in chapter uh, 12 and chapter 14, he says that we need to desire the spiritual gifts. If you're not desiring them, I'm going to tell you, you need to desire them. Why? Because this is the only way we can get the expectation for him to, to allow him to move in us. We've got to desire these things. But listen, church, it's not just about how we want things done or how we want them done. We've got to allow him to be the one that's leading 
right? See, see what, did, what, did, uh, what did Jesus say there, or what, what did the word say about Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23? It says that Jesus, he says he went about all Galilee. He went about all of the region of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all who were sick. Healing all manners of sickness, all manner of diseases among the people. But what was Jesus going around doing? He went around teaching. He went around preaching. So what? The demonstration could begin to come forth. Huh? Jesus, he didn't just go around and, and he healed everyone, didn't speak a word. No, the things he did, well, he went in the synagogues and began to preach the word of God. Began to teach the word of God. So the Spirit had words. He had something that he could work with. Amen. So the Holy Spirit can demonstrate the very things that Jesus was proclaiming. Church, we got, we got to allow teaching to go forth. Teaching's important. I mean, see, it's, it's, it's just like we can't be people that go around and preach antichrist doctrines such as the cessation of gifts, cessation of gifts of the Spirit, because that's, that's practically or more or less saying it's cessation of Holy Spirit. Well, I can see the gifts of the Spirit are Holy Spirit. It's, it's His culture. It's how He desires to do things. So when we go around and we say, man, these things are dead. They don't happen anymore. Listen, you're saying Holy Spirit doesn't happen anymore. And I've never read one scripture in the Word that says that. That's religion speaking. But see, just as we can't, we can't speak these anti-cost doctrines there, amen, we, we, can't, we can't speak other, other doctrines that, that are harmful to the church. I mean, we can't, we, can't, we can't lead into anything else that uh, we can't say that teaching is harmful. Amen. We can't say that preaching is harmful. Because see, Holy Spirit, he may desire to teach and teach and teach. You say, why? Why haven't the gifts, why haven't these things been flowing a whole, a whole lot here lately? Why aren't these things happening? Well, maybe he wants to teach and teach and teach so he can have a greater demonstration of what he's teaching. Trying to get people on the same page. Hmm? Teaching's important. How many of y'all know that teaching, true teaching and true teaching has always been designed to come from Holy Spirit, not from intellectually, not from the mind. It's designed to come from Holy Spirit. Hmm? This is the way, this, this, is, this is it, full stop. I mean, everything in the church service would be should be with Holy Spirit in charge, with Him leading in everything that we're doing. Listen, I spend a lot of time in prayer. I spend a lot of time in preparation. I spend a lot of time in study, seeking out what the Holy Spirit wants to say each service that I minister in. I mean, it's not something I wake up in the morning like, woohoo, I wonder what the Lord's going to have. No, 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 that's foolishness. To not be prepared is ignorance. Amen. And it, gives the, and it doesn't give the Holy Spirit the, the, the ability to move through you as he desires to do. We should be prepared. You should be prepared coming to the service just like I'm prepared coming to service. Bringing the supply that we have. Because listen, church, I do a lot of study, a lot of prayer. Why? Because he knows you better than I do. Hmm? See, I don't, I don't just preach a message. You know, I, pre- I preached on the gifts of the Spirit several times, all right? But it's not the same message I preach every time. Why? Because you're a different people. I mean, different people get added in, and he wants you to know exactly how he desires these things to be flowing to you, to where you can receive it. Amen? Not just, not just from, you know, something that's been ministered in the past. Why? Because teaching's important. I find it interesting sometimes 
you can talk to people after you minister and and they'll say, oh, man, Ryan, you know, uh, at that point I've been praying about that. That was exactly what I needed. You're, you're, you're talking about this today. And I was like, oh, well, praise the Lord. I've got that. And you talk to another person and they talk about something completely different. Like, this is what I got. This, this is what I got. You know, I, I thank you, man. This is what we've been believing God for. Praise the Lord. And you talk to another person. I mean, I could probably go to each and every person in here when I've been teaching on these things and say, well, what, what was the Spirit of God telling you? And each you're going to have something different. Why? Because it's Holy Spirit that's working on your heart. Holy Spirit that's speaking something to you, right, for you to receive. Because, see, you can also get to those people that you're like, hey, did you get anything on the service today? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well what was it? Oh, well, um, uh, do you remember what I talked about? Well, well, I don't necessarily remember every word, but it was good. You know, it was good. You know, the people that miss everything, you know, had the seed stolen as soon as it went forth. And remember, see, if we'll treat these things as Holy Spirit trying to unveil something to us, the whole church will wake up. How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know it's his presence and his word that will change everything in your life. You got to have both. We got to have his presence along with his word. The two go hand in hand. We have the boundary of the word of God, and then we have his presence desiring to lead us, guide us, and direct us into everything that he has for us. Amen? So listen here. Let's uh, jump back here to, to uh, verse 3. He says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Anyone that's ministering in public ministry can now ever step up ministering by the Holy Spirit and say, Jesus is accursed. Anything contrary to the Word of God, you can't speak those things by Holy Spirit. Just as well, you can't stand up here and say, Jesus is Lord, outside of by the by the power of Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He says, now there's diversities of gifts. Now that's the Greek word, you know, charisma. This is the gifts of grace, the, the gifts of spirit, God's empowerment that comes upon his people, right? There's diversities of gifts, of these charisma gifts of grace, but it's the same spirit. What does that mean? There's not nine different Holy Spirits for the nine different gifts. No, there's one spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. And he carries these nine gifts that you already have on the inside of you. He says there is differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. Jesus administrates things differently through, through people. It says and there's diversities of operations, but it's the same God that works all in all. God operates differently through, he puts us in different operations. Let me say it to you that way. He can set us into different offices. See, offices aren't just the fivefold ministry. Go to Romans chapter 12 and you'll find out there's seven other offices, and each of us fill up one of those offices in the church. Amen. But it's God who sets us in these. God is the one that, that gives you your call and your destination and your destiny. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That's one of my favorite verses. I love that. It says the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of Holy Spirit is to do what? It is to not puff you up, not to make you famous, not to make you rich, not to do. No, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit are there to do one thing. You say, what is that? To unveil Jesus. To reveal Jesus to people. To reveal Jesus to the one that's seeking. For anyone that seeks, they're going to find. 
And Holy Spirit is one that's going to unveil him to other people through us. Amen. If we'll allow him to use us as a trusted vessel. If we can be trusted to be used as a vessel. Hmm? I'm telling you, church, it's, it's like I have this pain. I got like a, an urging on the inside of me, on the inside of my, uh, on the inside of my spirit just goes wild. He's going nuts. That Holy Spirit is desiring to unveil a new realm of his glory in the church. But we have to get to the place that we can receive it. We got to get to the, to the place where he can be permitted to do these things. Because listen, church, we, if we're not careful, we end up being like most of the church world now. And we begin to fight against the very gift that Jesus gave us, the very promise. We start fighting against Holy Spirit and what he desires to do instead of yielding ourselves over to it. And listen, he can't, he can't manifest things. Why does the church right now not look like the early church? It's not because God changed anything. It's because people have changed. People have changed. People aren't in faith. You know, people rather have religion than, than a true move of God. Why? Because a move of God will change your life. Hmm? But see, he can't pour out this glory like he did in the early church. Otherwise, we'll end up being, we'll end up being like, like Uzzah, I mean, who accidentally bumped, the, bumped the, the, the ark of God and ended up dying. You'd be like Ananias and Sapphira who thought they could lie and cheat Holy Spirit and think that wasn't going to be any, any consequence from it. Listen, when his glory gets manifested in this type of measure and the greater measure, the measure that he's desiring to pour out upon the church, I'm going to tell you something, church. If we don't get things right on the inside of us, listen, there'll be consequences to it. So what a God, he's so good. He so loves us so much. What is he just pulls back until his church gets ready. I'm telling you, I can feel, I don't know about you, but I can, feel, I can feel that pressing, that push, that hunger on the inside of me for what he's desiring to do. But he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. Why? Because he's protective of his people. He's protective of them. It says, for the manifestation, the appearing forth of, of the Holy Spirit is given to every man. Every born-again, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled Christian, they're given, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit every person. See, the gifts of the Spirit are, are in you, but it's not just to profit the church. It's here to profit the church and the seekers outside and the people that don't know Jesus and the people that hate Jesus. Why? Because it unveils him. It unveils him into a world that desperately needs him. Goodwill to all. There you go. And in verse 8, this is the gifts of the Spirit. It says, For one is given by the Spirit the, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, or special faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now listen, we, we say this every single week when we, when we teach on these things, that we divide these nine different gifts in these three verses into three different categories. You say, why do we do it? So, it's, so you can understand them better and what they're actually doing. And we're going to repeat them over and over and over. You say, why is that? So you get it. Amen. So you begin to recognize them. 
So first we have the gifts that reveal something. Then you have the gifts that do something. You have the gifts that say something. The gifts that reveal something, they're called the revelation gifts. It is the, the word of wisdom. It is the word of knowledge. It's discerning of spirits. You have the gifts that do something. They're the gifts that come with great power. Special faith. Working of miracles. Gifts of healing. And then you have the gifts that say something. The utterance or the spoken gifts, which we know as prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and then the interpretations of these tongues. Amen. Now listen, all these are prophetic words that are great that, that we need to have for them. But well, let me, let me jump back to that. What, you know, we're, we're starting off, we've been in the revelation gifts. We went over the word of knowledge last week. We're going we're gonna to cover the word of wisdom today. Now, can any of y'all that were here on Wednesday, can you recognize the prophetic gifts that were flowing in the service? So we've been teaching all these things. Can you, could you recognize what was being spoken forth? You say prophetic words. What, 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 is, what, is, a, what is a prophetic? It's the language of God, right? When God speaks, it's prophetically. Now, in prophetic speaking, what was taking place through Renee, through Bridget, through myself, through different people? What, what was taking place? Well, we know prophecy was going forth, which we'll study that in a few weeks. But we also heard words of knowledge, Amen. And words of wisdom that were, that were going forth to the congregation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit began to speak to us. Amen. Now, and this is, this is the whole reason why we're teaching on these things. So when, when these things go forth, you not, know, you not only know what the Holy Spirit, that it is Holy Spirit and what he's trying to say, but you understand how he's desiring to do it. Why? So we don't begin to discount those things, treat them as common. Amen. But we begin to, to value these things. So last week we did a word of knowledge. Uh, what, is, what is the word of knowledge? Well, the first thing you have to understand is it is not the gift of knowledge. Amen. It's like, oh, I got a whole lot of knowledge. This is, this is the gift for me. Now let me have a different gift. It's not the gift of knowledge. It's not what the word says. No, it's the gift of the word of knowledge. I mean, our, our Bible definitions for these spiritual gifts we have from, from Brother Hagen, what does a, a word of knowledge mean? It is a supernatural revelation of Holy Spirit, a supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning certain facts in the mind of God, certain facts in the mind of God. Now, what are facts? We know facts are things that are in the present and things that have happened in the past. Things that are happening in the present and things that are happening in the past. Now, now regarding knowledge, we know in the natural that knowledge or wisdom is being to ascertain or to begin to operate or demonstrate the knowledge that you have acquired, right, is what the definition of wisdom may be. But this is not what the word of wisdom is, amen, just like it's not the the, what knowledge is. It's not something that we can study for or get or attain. Amen. It's something, it's a word that's downloaded from Holy Spirit because it's a supernatural revelation from the Holy Spirit. Right? So what is a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom, by definition, is a supernatural revealing or a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of what? The, the, the divine purpose and the divine will in the mind of God. It's his purpose and it's his will that he has for, for each and every one of us or for a nation or for whatever it may be. It is a word of wisdom saying what things may happen in the future for his purpose and for his will. Now, just like the word of knowledge, it says not, this is a supernatural gift, right? It's a supernatural revelation. It's not something you can get through experience 
or not something you can get from receiving. Let's, let's, go, let's go there to, to James chapter 1 real quick. Let me, let, me, let me show you the difference here. In James chapter 1, in James chapter 1, well, I'll start, just start here in verse 2. I, yeah, let's just start here in verse 2. It says, my brethren, he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or you fall into to trials or circumstances in your life. Why? Because knowing this, that the trying of your faith, it works patience. It births the, the fruit of the Spirit, patience on the inside of you. He goes, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect or complete and entire, wanting nothing. He says, but if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives the men liberally. And he unabradeth them not. He doesn't, he doesn't chastise them. He doesn't rebuke them for it. But it shall be given unto them. He goes, but let him ask in faith, not wavering. For, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. For let no man think that he shall... Receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A, a person with interior duplicity, two different ways of thinking, he says he's unstable and he won't receive anything from God because you can't be in faith if you have two different ways of thinking, right? But he says here, if any of you lack wisdom, he goes, ask of God. And he'll give to men liberally. He doesn't abrade you for it. He doesn't rebuke you for it. But it'll be given over to them. He says, just ask for it. All you got to do is ask for wisdom and it'll be given unto you. He's saying, if, you, if you're going into a trial, you're going into a circumstance, you, you get caught up in something. He says, from all the knowledge that you've gained through the word of God, all the knowledge you've got through sitting in church, all the knowledge you've got through praying in the spirit. He goes, he goes ask the Lord. He'll download wisdom on how you can use these things to get out of that situation, to get out of that trial. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, was, the Lord says that, that he, or is that 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that he has an exit for all men. He is the exit for all men. But see, we have to know the wisdom how to get through the exit. You have to have wisdom to see what those signs, you may have a knowledge of what those signs for the exit say on the wall. They don't have any words there, but if you see that picture, you got to put the knowledge to test. You walk through that door, not opposite of the door. That's putting that knowledge you have, you know, uh, and, and uh, to use. That's allowing wisdom to come upon you, right? See, in Matthew chapter 10, verse um Verse 16, he says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents. Be wise as serpents. And be harmless as a dove. To be wise as serpents. So the Lord tells us, listen, you need to be wise. If you don't have wisdom, ask for it. I'll pour it out upon you if you ask. I'll pour it out upon you. I won't, I won't, I won't chastise you for it. I won't, I, won't, I won't rebuke you for it. I'll pour it out upon you. But this wisdom, to be wise as a serpent, that's not the word of wisdom coming upon us. Why? Because the word of wisdom, it's supernatural. It's a supernatural revealing from, from God. A word of wisdom is not, yeah, a word of wisdom is not understanding how to maneuver through the trial or circumstance that comes to you. The word of wisdom is telling you that that trial or circumstance is coming. You understand the difference? See, natural wisdom teaches you how to maneuver through it. The word of wisdom tells you it's coming before it's already there. Right? It's coming before it's already there. Now, just as in a word of knowledge, this is a word 
that the Lord downloads to you. It's a, it, is, it is a supernatural revelation of the divine purpose and will of God. It is, it is a word that's downloaded to you. It's not a paragraph, it may be a paragraph, it may be a sentence, but it's not the full picture. Amen. God rarely gives us the full picture. Why? Because he wants us to stand in faith. He needs us to stay in the faith, to be people of faith, to trust him and trust his leading. He may not give us the full picture of all things. He gives us the part we need to know. See, how many of you know if you go to university, you don't go and take every single class they have so you have all the information from all your professors to be able to get the degree you want. And if you're going to be an accountant, you don't have to get a doctorate in biology to do it. Right? Because you don't need to know what doctors are doing. You need to know what you do for accounting work. Right? Same thing with a solicitor. A solicitor doesn't need to know where to cut and make incisions. No, a solicitor needs to know the law. Right? So what they do, they, they go and they start focusing on the, the, the individual part that they have. Right? The same thing with the word of wisdom. You only get the, the portion. You don't get everything. He's not going to download everything that he knows to you. But he'll give you a word. He'll give you an idea. He'll give what you need that pertains to you and to the person maybe that you're delivering it to, right? Now, sometimes, sometimes words of wisdom and words of knowledge, sometimes those two go hand in hand. Much of the time, those two go hand in hand. Why? A word of knowledge can reveal something. It may reveal something in your present, or something in your past, and the word of wisdom reveals to you what's going to happen in the future from the things that you know, right? Now, listen, some, sometimes these words of knowledge will come forth and they'll correct things. They'll correct your path. Maybe correct a mistake. Amen. Uh, sometimes it can correct our actions. Not that your actions are wrong or evil, but it may just not be where he wants you. And he will shift that direction. He's telling you, listen, this is not what I have for you. And then the word of wisdom says, I have this for you. And it unveils the purpose and the will that God has for us, right? See, it's like, it's like this. I'll give you an example. You know, back in, when, in our church in Galveston, when we were, Kimberly and I were believing, believing God, we, we knew that, you know, we just stepped out of a, out of a ministry that we're involved with for six, about six or seven years. And, and we were at a new church for a few years at that time. And, and there's the things going on and the Lord starts speaking to us about missions. Like, you know, you're going to be, you know, we want to get ready, get prepared, you know, and start, start moving forward. And, and we hadn't talked to our pastor about this yet because we really weren't for sure the direction we we're going. But right in the middle of a service, you know, the Lord spoke to Kimberly and I and pastor called us forward. And, he's, and he knew very little about us at this time. And he started speaking this word and he said, there's, there's about to become a great change in your life, a great change, an assignment. He says, you feel, you feel in your spirit that this assignment is from God, but there's something on the inside of you that, that's getting resistance that you're, that you're pushing against. And he said, the Lord is here to tell you. He gave you a word of knowledge. The word, is, the word of the Lord is here to tell you today that, that you will possess it. He wants you to know that you will, that you will, that you will. Right? He says, so stand firm in the word that's in your spirit because the Holy Spirit says, I'm tooling you. This is the word of knowledge. I'm tooling you getting, you, getting you ready for the assignment which I have for you. And then the word of wisdom starts coming because I will launch you. He says, I will launch you with great power, with great authority, with great ability, with great vision and great purpose. He says, 
I will lay your path straight and clear before you. You'll know exactly what to do and exactly where to go, exactly how to do it, and exactly who to do it with. Amen. The word of knowledge hooked up with the word of wisdom. Amen. And just started giving confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. I mean, no, oh, I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to be pushing back on some of these things. No, this is exactly what the Lord has for us. Amen. Meant so much, I printed it out and put it in front of my Bible, and I've had it there for years. Why? Because sometimes I need to go back and remind myself what the Lord's spoken to us. Amen. Because there's things in there that I didn't read, but, there's, but it uh, is a powerful word that the, that the Lord has for us. But some of these things, what I'm getting at, they go hand in hand. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom come. One tells you what's going on in the, in the past or the present, and the next one tells you his desire, his purpose, and the will that he has for you in the future, right? Words of wisdom, sometimes we can get them in the, in the form of visions, amen? You hear Bridget, she'll, she'll get all, some of these things in her, words of knowledge, words of wisdom by, by visions quite often, right? Sometimes they come from the utterance gifts, from prophecy, from, from tongues and interpretations of tongues, Right? How many of y'all know that if you go through the, the book of Revelation, it is a prophetic book? I'll reveal to you every single book in the Bible is prophetic. Amen. If we'll dig in to, to understand what it's saying. But the book of Revelation, you know, God starts speaking to John about the churches, these seven churches back, back, in, back in his homeland. Not Israel, but over in, in what would that be? Western Turkey, you know, currently, uh, it's currently, it used to be called Asia Minor, right? He started speaking to them about these churches, the problems that they were having. You know, John couldn't know these problems that were going on in these churches. He could know that Jezebel was going through Laodicea. He couldn't he can know about some of these things, these specific things that were going on, but, but the Lord spoke to me, gave him a word of knowledge that listen, these things are going on in these churches, you're going to fix it. You're going to get him corrected. Now, John, he's in prison. He's in exile on the Isle of Patmos. How in the world is he going to correct it? It's because the Lord's saying, listen, you're not going to stay here. I'm going to deliver you out of this place. You're going to deliver these letters. You're going to rebuke. You're going to correct. You're going to get things right in these churches that, are getting, that have gotten off. Right? But then he also gave him other words of wisdom. You say, what is that? He started unveiling them what the tribulation's going to look like. He, he started talking about what, what the millennial reign's going to be like, what eternity's going to look like. He, he started unveiling all of these things. Do you have questions of what it's going to look like? Get in revelations. The Lord spoke to John to what? To unveil the future for us. It was a word of wisdom. It was his will. It's his purpose that is going to come to pass. Right? His will and his purpose that is coming to pass. Now you can go here. Go here to Acts chapter 9. I'll give you another, another example here. Sometimes I think the easiest way to kind of understand what these are or go through examples of it in the Word of God. So in Acts chapter 9, this is, this is the same example we went over last week. It is, it is of the conversion of Saul into Paul. Right, say, what was that? He was going up to Damascus to put in prison the, the people that were, that were the Christians that were preaching the word of God. Well, on his way up there, I mean, he met Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus, his glory appeared upon him. He got knocked off his donkey, right? And, and his glory blinded Saul at the time. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. I mean, I am the church that you're persecuting. He says, well, what would you have me to do? He goes, I want you to get up and go to Damascus, and I'll tell you what to do from there. And then when he got up, he went into Damascus, and then verse 10, 
We know here, this is, this is the example we gave last week. It says, and this is the word of knowledge. He says, there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And he said unto him, Lord, he said, the Lord said unto him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, here I am, Lord. He said, arise and go into the street, which is called straight and inquire of the house of Judas for one who was called Saul of Tarshish. For behold, he prays. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming to him, putting his hands upon him that he might receive his sight. This is the word of knowledge. He said, listen, there's a man named Saul, and he is over in Damascus. And he is, he is waiting for you. He's had a vision of you coming to lay hands on him to heal him. Saul, where is Saul? He, he is in this particular path. He is in this particular house on the street called Straight. Go and inquire to him. He's in the house of Judas. That is the word of knowledge. There's no way Ananias could have known those things. The Holy Spirit gave him a download. He gave him a download. And then we know here in verse 13, Ananias said, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he's done unto the saints. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that come up, that, that call upon your name. He goes, but the Lord said unto him, go your way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how much or how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. For my name's sake. You say, well, why in the world did, did Jesus reveal what's going to happen with Paul to Ananias? Was it Ananias' business? Not necessarily. But he knew there was a great fear that, that when he said, I want you to go minister unto this man named Saul. And I was like, no, 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 no. Now, that guy stones Christians. That guy kills Christians. He put Christians in jail, Lord. You for real want me to go minister unto that guy? Get someone else. Call someone else to go do it. And the Lord, he gave him a word of wisdom. He said, no, 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 listen to me. You just get up and go do what I asked you to do. Because if you don't go lay your hands on this man, he need, he, he's already seen you coming. You need to go lay your hands on. He may not allow anyone else to come in. He needs you because I've revealed it's you coming to him. He needs you to come lay his hands. Why? So he can be a witness. Amen. And to the people that are around him. He can be a witness. He can bear my name before the Gentiles, before the kings, and before all of Israel. Listen, it can be conditional many times, these words of wisdom. Why? Because it is the, the will and purpose of God, but many times it can be conditional. There's something we have to do. Listen, Ananias had to go minister unto him. Ananias had to go baptize him in the Holy Ghost. Ananias had to go lay hands on him so he could see. And what do we know? When Ananias was obedient, Saul became Paul and began to do immediately the things that the Lord asked him to do. Amen. And my personal, a personal example you know, I told you guys last week, I said, you know, the Lord gave, us a, gave me a word, of wisdom, a word of knowledge when I was sitting there praying in my house in Galveston one day. He said, I want you to feed my sheep. Amen. I said, I wanted to be a businessman. He said, I want you to feed my sheep. I said, okay. Whenever I retire, I will do that. Whenever you want me to retire early, you can make it happen. Amen. But I will do that then, that time in my life. He didn't get mad at me. He didn't rebuke me. No. He just got me to say yes. And then we know a few years later, this is when some of these things started taking place. But in that vision, he brought me up on the top of a hill. And I was looking out as I'm sitting there talking with him. And I could look over and I could see water. And I could see a town sitting off in the distance. 
Now, I knew in my heart the Lord was showing me this is where I'm going. We didn't know we're going to Ireland yet. But but I knew that is where I'm going. And then when God delivered us into Ireland, every city we went to and we're sitting there praying, seeing where the Lord wanted us to go. You know, we'd go and we'd look on on some of these higher places and, and I'd look and, no, that's not it, man, that's not it. You know, well, maybe the Lord will just allow us to, you know, he'll set that up in the future for us, you know, because I know it's Galway. It wasn't Galway. Went to Dublin, you know, looked all over Dublin. Yeah, that wasn't it either. I couldn't see it there. The Lord called us out of Dublin, had us plant a church in Dundalk, right? So me and Kimberly are walking up in the Cooley Mountains one day, and we're sitting there just walking, just enjoying our, enjoying our time. And, and the Lord spoke to me and said, look over there to your right. So I stopped and I looked, and right there was the exact image Amen, that the Lord gave me. And I was top of that mountain, going down, seeing the, the estuary there, looking over the town of Dundalk. Amen, what was the Lord doing? He was confirming, amen, what I already did. We already planted the church there, but he was confirming the word of wisdom that he already gave to us. Like, this is how good our God is. Just like when we, when we, uh, when we were pastoring the church there in Dundalk, you know, the Lord told Kimberly and I, he said, listen, you, you, we want you to sell your house and use those funds for ministry. Now, listen, the church was only going for a couple years, then it wasn't time for us to step out of that. Jason and the dean weren't ready at that time. Amen. They're just getting hooked up with the things of God. You know, but, but the Lord still said, listen, I want you to, I want you to sell that because that money, I'm going to need to use it. Sell that, get a house inside the town, and then you know, we'll, we'll do something. We had a, a lovely house out in the country, had acres. It was lovely. We could have been there for the rest of our lives if it wasn't such a cold house. But what happened? We were obedient. Amen. Obedient, put the house up for sale, put the house up for sale. Didn't know what it was going to be for. We didn't know if it was going to be for someone else's ministry. We didn't know what. All we know is he said it's going to be for ministry. Amen. And right after it sold, bam, the Lord said, I want you to go up to Dundalk, or Derry, excuse me, and plant the church there. So the money that came in from that, it got to purchase the building that you're standing in now and do all the refurbishments for it. Why? Because the Lord gave us a word of wisdom. I I need you to do something now, a word of knowledge, for something that is going to be designed for ministry in the future. I'm telling you, church, it is vital we begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and yield unto him, allow him to speak to us. Why? Because there's things that may happen in the future that may not make any sense to you right now. Amen? But we need to be obedient when he speaks to us. We need to learn to key in to hear his word when he speaks. What about, oh, Lordy, let me give you this example. What about the prophet Jonah? How many of y'all know that this was, a, this was a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge given to the prophet Jonah? You know, God asked him to go to the Ninevites, right, and command them to repent because they're a bunch of sinners. Why? Because I'm about to destroy that city. I'm about to destroy that city. So what did he do? Of course, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go and minister unto them. Why? Because they're the enemies of Israel. So he's like, no, just destroy that place. I'm out of here. He took off running from God. You know, whale grabbed a hold of him, and a whale barfed him up on the on the shoreline. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing account of what happened to him. And he finally said, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, he went over there. He began to preach repentance. Repent, repent, repent. Why? Because judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Repent, repent, repent. You know what these crazy Ninevites did? They actually repented. They actually repented. You know what happened because they repented? Nothing. Nothing. The very word of wisdom that he was bringing forth didn't come to pass. Why? Because it was conditional. It was conditional. 
If you repent, no judgment. If you don't repent, judgment's coming. They begin to repent, no judgment came. You know, that actually made the prophet mad. He went off and started pouting about it because he wanted those people destroyed because they were the enemies of Israel. And then the point I'm trying to make here is, listen, church, a word of wisdom, it can be conditional. There may be something you have to fulfill for these things to come to pass, for his divine purpose and his will to come to pass in your life. We may have, we may have to allow him to do something in us, change something in us, or that may not come to pass, right? Now listen, these, I'll end with this here. These words of wisdom, they can come through any man because we all have Holy Spirit, right? So it can come through any of us. It can come through a fellow brother or sister. I mean, it can come through a five-fold ministry gift, which a lot of times you'll hear it come from them. But most often it will come through a prophet. I'm not saying that you don't hear pastors or apostles or any of the other people operating these gifts, but a lot of the time you're going to hear prophets flow in these things. Why? Because there is a lot of trust that has to be given. Amen. When you're talking about dealing with something, the, the will and the purpose of God for someone's life. Does that, does that make sense to you? I mean, there has to be a lot of trust. Amen. Going forth between the, the one that's given that word and God. Why? Because you can really mess up people's lives speaking into it. I mean, it's a powerful gift. Amen. But we, we, need, to, we need to come into agreement with it and allow, allow his responsibility to come. You know, you can look at... Uh, hmm. You can look at, you know, the, the deacon Philip there in Acts chapter 8, I believe it is. You know, he was, he was up ministering in Samaria. You know, he, he was just a deacon in the church. Ministering signs, wonders, and miracles were falling. Great revival broke loose. Everyone began to get saved because the demons are getting cast out. People were getting healed. But the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, listen, I need you to go. I need you to go south of here. Go south. There's something I need you to do. You go take off and go south because there's a ministry opportunity. There is a, a, a will and a purpose that God had for him. So what did Philip do? He went. He followed the word of wisdom. And he went. And what happened? He met the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian Jew that was a, a high in the court of Candace of Ethiopia. Amen. I believe he brought down the gospel down to Ethiopia. Vital encounter. But he had, to, he had to pay attention. He had to leave revival. Leave revival. Listen to that word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit and then go minister unto this man. Powerful. Powerful. And, you know, and you all heard of the, the prophet Agabus. And he was a man who, who gave many different words of, of wisdom. There in Acts chapter 11, I think we used it as, a, as an offering scripture a couple weeks ago. What he say? There's, he stood up while people were praising God, worshiping God, teaching the word of God. He said, listen, a great dearth, a great famine's coming. A great dearth, a great famine's coming upon all of Israel. And he sat back down, and what did the people do? They took God so seriously at his word, they began to take up offerings. Take up offerings, why? So they could give it back into, into that glorious nation, God's nation. Hmm? Tell me, we ought to pay attention when words go forth. God take these things seriously when they go forth. Why? Because they're, they're from God himself. Hmm? What about in Acts chapter 21? The same prophet Agabus came up to Paul on his way to Jerusalem. And he took off his belt, he took off his girdle of Paul's, began to bind his hand and his feet. 
It says, thus saith the Lord, the man who owns this girdle, the man who owns this belt, the same thing is going to happen to him when he goes into Jerusalem. Everyone started begging him, oh, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul, don't go there. They're going to kill you. They're going to bind you up. And they couldn't persuade him. Why? You say, well, wasn't the Holy Ghost telling him not to go there? He's about to get put in chains. No, the Holy Spirit was warning him. See, when he gives us these, these words, many times it's like, listen, Paul, I'm giving you the option. You can go to Jerusalem. You're going to get bound up. You're going to get put in prison. But you don't have to go there. That wasn't the only warning he gave. He gave several warnings before he went down there. Why? Because, Paul, you need to know what awaits you there. And see, all the people tried to, to talk him out of going, but he had something settled in his heart. No, the Lord wants me there. The Lord needs me there. So what did he do? He went there, and he got put in bonds. I mean, got tied up just like the prophecy said. But the Lord said, listen, just as you have ministered unto these Jewish leaders, he goes, I'm about to put you in front of Caesar himself because of your faithfulness, because your willingness to put your life on the line for me. Because I'm going to put you in front of the big boy and you're going to have a chance to minister the word unto him. So don't fear you won't die now. You're going to go to Rome first. Powerful powerful church. This is what words of wisdom look like. What a word of wisdom does not look like is a minister standing in the church telling you to marry this person. You chose the wrong person and so you need to get a divorce and you need to marry this one. That's not a word of wisdom. That's called demonic. And you laugh, brothers, because y'all know this stuff happens. It happens all the time. That is, not, that is not the word of wisdom in operation. I mean, that is, the, that is the demonic gift in operation where people want to have attention to themselves. You say, well, well man, the Lord told me, you know, you know, that I was supposed to marry this, and we've been married, happily married forever. Well, listen, church, he will confirm things. Hey, man, if, you, if you're believing God and you know, you're praying about getting married and glory to God, that's, that's a great thing. Now, he may confirm and say that this, this, is, this is your husband, this is your wife. Now, that, that can be a confirmation. But see, the Lord does not call the prophets to lead us. Hmm? We're not called to be led by prophets in a modern-day church. Who are we called to be led by? You're not called to be led by your pastor. Who are you called to be led by? There you go. As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The mature sons of God are led by the impulses of Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for spiritual leadership. Glory to God, I have it in my own life. Amen. I follow them as they follow Jesus. They stop following Jesus, I stop following them. Amen. We follow them as they follow Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has given them to us. Amen. Listen, church, let's get, let's get into that place to where we allow the checks of the Spirit to correct us if something's not, not from Him. We gotta, we gotta be so consumed, mm, so consumed and so filled up by Him. I mean, that anything that's not of Him, the alarm bells will start ringing off on the inside. Anything that is of Him, the alarm bells will start ringing off on the inside and we'll begin to do exactly what He's asked us to do. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. We'll dismiss out of here. So Father, we thank you. Lord, we glorify you. We honor you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for trusting us so much with your spirit. Lord, thank you, Lord, for making us the temple of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you, we say, move through us. 
You say, bring us into that place of, of union and communion where you can begin to trust us. Allow the spirit of the fear of God to come upon us. Lord, where you can begin to trust us, to use us as vessels to minister into the world that's around us so that we can reveal the manifestation of Jesus to so it profits with all it profits everyone, not just our church, but everyone even outside of the church. Because we declare, we decree in the name of Jesus that Derry, it's going to serve Jesus. We declare that Donegal, it's going to serve Jesus. We say Ireland and Northern Ireland, they will serve Jesus. But help us get into that place where we can be so consumed by you, Lord, that your glory just begins to be unveiled, unveiled unto the people that are around us. Because there is no denying you when people see you. Oh, they can deny me. They can deny us. But Lord, you're so good. You're so good. How could anyone, how could anyone push back against you? We thank you, we thank you Lord, for the hearts of this city, the hearts of, this, of these nations to be softened, softened in the word of God. Mm, that callousness from that religious spirit, the callousness from, from hurts that religion has, has poured out upon this nation. We thank you, Lord, that there, there is peace. There's peace in you. So Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, you're going forth, Lord, you're preparing hearts of people to when we actually come in contact with them, Lord. It's not going to be about small talk. It's not going to be about the weather, Lord. It's going to be about the glory of God. Lord, they will actually be changed for your goodness, Lord. For as we said before, we can take nothing with us, Lord. We only desire to take one thing with us when we exit out of this world, and that's people. That's people. Your people, the people that you desire. For you told us in your word, you desire that the whole earth be saved. The whole earth. That's why you're patient. That's why you're long-suffering towards us that we get in the posture where we can do the things that you've asked us to do. So we glorify you, Father. We thank you for it. We take a hold of your scriptures, or we confess your word in Psalms 91, that there shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, for you give your angels charge of us. Lord, they, they bear us up in their hands as we dash our foot against the stone. You're so good. You protect us in any of our means and modes of transportation. If we're, if, we're, if we're driving, if we're flying, if we're on the ships, if we're on the motorways, or even if we're going down the walk paths, or there is no wicked plan from a wicked man, or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us. No, 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 no. This week, actually, we're going to be a miracle in somebody's life. We're not running in fear from the adversary. We're going to be a miracle to someone in their life. We're going to bring healing. We're going to bring forth salvation in the life because we carry you, my Lord, my Jesus. We're going to be an absolute threat unto the kingdom of darkness because we carry you, we carry your word and all that comes with it. We're people that are dedicated. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under your shadow. We're not coming out of that place. We're seekers. And we allow these things to transform us so that we can allow you to transform people through us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this church. We walk out of here in faith and love towards you, loving each and every person that's in this house. Thank you, Lord, for this family that you're gathering together. Thank you, Lord, for the foundation you're building up in us. We walk out of here as an ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.